What's up, everybody? Wendy, coming at you here. Week five review. It is a beautiful Saturday morning, February the 6th, here in Sparta, New Jersey. I'm going to give you the week five review of the stock showdown. Before I begin on the week five review, I do want to acknowledge the 10 participants um, that jumped in this week. Lovely to have a lot of the people back from previous weeks. Uh, the commissioner came back for another week, the bait champ. Uh, my buddy from work, Craig Harlacker, who goes now by Mr. Snrub. Ryan Stazinski coming back for another week. My comrade from way back in the day, Steve Diba coming back. Dr. Grano, neighbor of mine, chiropractor in town. Shout out to Dr. Grano coming back for another week. He won, I believe, in week one. Um, has had some bumps along the way, but decided to come back here for week five. So thank you for coming back there, Dr. Grano. Sarah DeFowle coming back for another week. And Kevin Radde, uh, both of those last two that I just mentioned, also neighbors of mine coming back for consecutive weeks. So lovely to have everybody back. I want to welcome a newcomer to the Stock Showdown. Welcome, Jordan Lavelle. That's my niece. So welcome to the showdown, Jordan. Uh, Jordan's got some siblings. Hopefully uh, she can convince those siblings uh, to get in for week six. But we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into that a little later. So nevertheless, um, let's take a look and, and recap what took place during the market this past week, um, which I think was noteworthy. And it, it's probably why I, I titled this podcast snap back to reality and snap back to reality kind of twofold of why I decided to go with that um, mainly because I truth be told big fan of uh, the, the rap artist Eminem and in the song eight mile or uh, excuse me lose yourself from the movie eight mile that is a, a common phrase that is used, which is called snap back to reality. That's what he uses in his song. So I'm not gonna wrap it uh, today. Uh, he does reference snap back to reality in his song. So I, I thought that was fitting a uh, piece of, of verbiage to use, mainly because of what transpired two weeks ago. And I guess has been fueling for the last oh you know couple months depends on who you talk to, and that has everything to do with what was transpiring with GameStop specifically. Um, you know that one catches a lot more headlines than AMC, both of which though were were heavily involved in the news. You know some other names like BlackBerry and Nokia that uh, you know <laughs> probably for the last few years or so have have almost been left for dead. Um, and then when the pandemic set in, really uh, caused a lot of people to be concerned with, with these, the, the functionality of these particular companies. So with that being said, if you go into my podcast last week entitled Vol Volatility, I go into the details of what was really moving the, the likes of these names, specifically GameStop. The long and short of it is companies like that that have, have, have suffered uh, due to you know, the economic nature of what's taken place because of the pandemic, um, have, have lost significant value in their company's stock performance. So nevertheless, there's been investors that have been able to capitalize off of that. 
and have made tons of money doing so. Truth be told, there's been a group of individuals, I don't know if you want to call them investors, you can, or speculators, uh, that decided to kind of turn the tables on the big investors and, and decided to buy into some of these names, GameStop and AMC, BlackBerry, Nokia, that have been beaten down for quite some time to kind of stand their ground, stand their ground, hold the line, if you will, and buy into these companies. So they bought into these companies, uh, therefore um, pushing the share price higher and all of these institutional investors and hedge funds that decided to bet against these companies, uh, they were losing money along the way because it's, it's called short selling. And when you're short selling, you make money when the stock goes down, you lose money when the stock goes up. It's really that simple. It's against conventional thinking because conventional thinking is I'm going to buy something and I'm going to hold it and I'm going to sell it later for a profit. So short selling is the complete opposite of that. You are borrowing shares to open up that position. Eventually with borrowed shares, you have to return back the shares. And in the likes of GameStop, there was more shares loans out than there were shares available. This created what was called a short squeeze. And it was massive, a massive short squeeze. And it caused GameStop to go from $2.57 a share within the last 52 weeks, all the way up to $483. Well, if you were in on the beginning of this, I hope you cashed out and you made a ton of money. These short squeezes don't last forever. So eventually what happened is the likes of these brokerage houses, in particular, the one that got a lot of publicity, Robinhood, decided to halt trading on some of these big names, specifically GameStop, halted trading on GameStop multiple times, put restrictions on buying GameStop multiple times. This allowed the institutional investors and hedge funds to get in, close out their positions and probably reopen them in short positions again at much higher prices now. So instead of shorting the stock and borrowing the shares at let's just say 100 and riding it all the way down to two, now you're opening up the position at 400 or 450 and riding it all the way down again to make even more money. So lo and behold, this past week, GameStop uh, was down, I don't know, something like 60, 70%, 80%, some, somewhere there, somewhere in that range. It was a very high percentage that they were down. Um, they went all the way from 483 two weeks ago to where it eventually settled out somewhere in the mid 60s yesterday. It actually did get as low as I believe 51, uh, 5105 yesterday. But nevertheless, um, that is snapping back to reality in the likes of GameStop. Uh, that one in particular. Um, I don't know too much about the other ones. They did pull back significantly as well, but that's the one that caught a lot of headlines and that was GameStop. GameStop snapping back to reality. Uh, yeah, granted it was up, and you could look at yesterday. Granted it was up 20% yesterday, but that's only because it's been down 60, 70% over the last week. So that's a little blip, I believe. Um, they call it a dead cat bounce. So I would anticipate that there's going to be more downward pressure on GameStop where they eventually will fall probably back into the mid teens where I believe structurally and intrinsically they belong. And, and uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. They did get a new board of director member. Uh, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but he came from the company Chewy. Uh, that's the pet company. So he's looking to revitalize the company and get more into the uh, esports realm. So maybe that's a pivot point transition for GameStop, but we'll have to wait and see. 
So another reason why I decided to go with snap back to reality outside of, um, you know, being a big Eminem fan and uh, GameStop going back to more normalized levels. I also wanted to reference, um, I guess, a company not looking too much ahead because that's what tomorrow's podcast is all for is digging deep into the companies um, that are going to be participating in the upcoming week. And that would be Snap as in Snapchat. Um, now they ditched the Snapchat and now they're just Snap Inc. But nevertheless, Snap Inc., just to give you a little uh, little, little taste, is going to be in the week six showdown. And Snap had a wonderful, wonderful week up eight, almost 18%. But anyways, I just wanted to give you a little little, little taste of, of what's, what's to come in week six. All right, so, you know, going back more uh, of, of what took place during week five, you know, it was important to note the jobs number that came out yesterday uh, on the first Friday of every month, which so happened to be yesterday, February the 5th, we get our jobs report on how many jobs the United States created during the previous month. So we're looking at January's numbers. The estimate was that the United States was gonna create 105,000 jobs during the month of January. Uh, we came in at about half of that estimate and we created about 49,000 jobs during the month of January. Um, however, what's going to make headlines is that the unemployment rate fell from 6.7% in January, or excuse me, in December to 6.3% in the month of January. So, you know, when you look at the number, it's like, oh yeah, well, that, that's great. Um, number went down uh, as far as the unemployment rate. And that's going to be what people talk about. The fact of the matter is we're losing steam. I mean, again, we were anticipating creating 105,000 jobs. We only created 49,000. So because we're losing steam and we're not creating as many jobs and there's still, there's still about four or 5 million people out there that haven't gotten their job back from the 10 million people that lost it due to the pandemic. Some of these jobs just aren't going to come back. We have structural unemployment issues um, that, that have to be resolved that might not be able to be resolved. But nevertheless, this, this, this bleak number, and I say bleak because we only created 49,000 and really that's not enough to sustain a, a true economic recovery. This is really gonna put pressure on the Biden administration to get another stimulus bill out there as, as quickly as possible. Uh, the one that was passed at the end of the year, the $900 billion stimulus package, which you know pales in comparison to the 1.9 trillion that the Biden administration is looking to pass, uh, that 900 billion didn't go very far. It, it didn't last very long. I mean, individuals got a, another stimulus check of $600, but um, again, that's not gonna be able to sustain a, a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. I think the number was like about 40%, maybe it's 60, somewhere in that range at 40 to 60% of individuals, if a $1,000 emergency came up, could not afford a $1,000 emergency, which means people, fact of the matter, are living paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, a $600 stimulus check is not going to go very far. Now they're talking about with this next um, $1.9 trillion package of bumping that up to $1,400. Um, I think the income parameters are going to change. I don't know what the children um, might be getting as well. So all of that, please stay tuned on. But I, I think it's forthcoming that there's going to be another stimulus bill. As far as, again, other, you know, major macroeconomic news. I mean, it's definitely noteworthy that Jeff Bezos, uh, CEO and founder of Amazon, 
been at the helm for 27 years, is, is stepping down from his reins as chief executive officer. Um, the knee-jerk reaction probably is, oh my God, Amazon's never gonna make it. Well, the fact of the matter is he's not leaving until the spring, or excuse me, he's not leaving until the fall, like Q3 of this year. And he handpicked his successor. His successor is, is coming from Amazon Web Services, has been at the helm of Amazon Web Services for quite some time. You know, the, he's been grooming him probably for quite some time, knowing that this was going to happen eventually. Jeff Bezos is still gonna be chairman of the board at Amazon, so it's not like he's going anywhere. He's just not gonna be running the day-to-day -day operations as, as CEO at Amazon. So I still think Amazon is, is well positioned to do quite well for the future. Jeff Bezos just wants to focus on other things. Um, I believe he wants to focus on climate change. I believe that he wants to put more attention into the Washington Post, which he bought years ago. And he wants to focus more on Blue Origin, his space, uh, his space exploration entity that he also founded. So nevertheless, well done Jeff Bezos for a great 27 year run. And I all believe started as a bookstore in your, in your, in your, in your bedroom. So uh, extraordinary do, uh, job to Jeff Bezos. There was news that broke over the weekend, or excuse me, over the week about Apple pairing with Kia Hyundai, Hyundai Kia, excuse me, to develop an Apple car. So that got buzz over the week. Uh, um, you know, we're talking not, you know, production not starting till at least 2024, probably even later. But the fact of the matter is now this speculation about Apple coming out with its own car, which will be autonomous um, and electric, is, is gaining more traction. Um, so there's a lot of buzz and has been buzz about Apple coming out with a car, but this just proves that this, this, this strategic partnership is, is coming to fruition. Now, I got to imagine that they're not going to just partner with Hyundai Kia, that they're going to get auto, other automakers involved. But there is a lot of money in the mobility market. It's about a $10 trillion market. And if Apple can get a piece of that, there is just more good signs to come for Apple as a company. Alphabet, parent company of Google, they had an extraordinary quarter um, last week. So these big tech companies are just continuing to stockpile cash. Uh, these big tech companies I find interesting are now looking to, I guess, diversify more and are getting involved in the auto market. Apple's not the only one. Google announced a partnership with Ford um, last week. Um, two weeks ago, or maybe even three weeks ago, GMC announced a partnership with Microsoft. So it's interesting that these automakers and these tech companies are, are now strategically aligning in, in, into the future of, of uh, tech and automotive. So stay tuned on that. I think there's a lot of big, exciting things that are gonna happen in both those industries. Now, looking at the companies and, and the participants uh, within the week five showdown. Now I mentioned this in last week's podcast in regards to volatility and, and what companies to look for in this week's showdown that I thought were definitely worth noting. Something that I incorporated this past week that I'm going to continue doing moving forward is give you a preview of the companies that are going to report their quarterly uh, quarterly results. Every publicly traded company has to report to the public each and every quarter. So every three months, how they did. That's what they have to do to, to, uh, to the shareholders. So nevertheless, I did emphasize a few companies that I thought were worth noting last week and to keep an eye on. And some people may have just randomly picked and maybe some people listen to the podcast of the companies to take a look for and take a, take a look out for. One of which was Marathon. 
uh, Marathon Petroleum. Uh, they, they reported last week and they had a good quarter. And nevertheless, stock was up 8% this past week. Another one that I thought was worth noting, and this one gained the most traction, was Sony. Uh, Sony had a fantastic quarter, mainly because of the PlayStation 5 gaming console. Um, but nevertheless, Sony was up 18% last week. Um, specific, oh, excuse me, 19, 19.57% was, uh, was Sony's move just last week alone. So yours truly here, Wendy, he decided uh, to get into uh, Sony. The commissioner, uh, who's, who's an individual I work with in the debate league, got into Sony up 19.57. My niece, Jordan Lavelle, got into Sony. Uh, well done. And you know that really proved to be very, uh, very you know well portfolio play because that you know you're talking 20% right there. That's a huge move in someone's portfolio. So thank you, those of you that decided to get into Sony yesterday uh, or over the past week, whether that was just randomly or you actually took my advice from the podcast or my series of posts. So now let's get into those results, shall we? So again, I acknowledge the 10 individuals that got in, um, but we're gonna focus mainly on the, the, the top three because we do award prizes for the top three each and every week of the total being brought in. Um, but of the 10 participants, eight, eight of the 10 participants had a positive return this past week. So that is commendable. That is an extraordinary turnaround from week four, where week four, everyone was negative. Uh, if you recall from week four, the winner of week four had a negative 23% return on their portfolio. So this was definitely a bounce back moment for the market this past week, really driven a lot by maybe um, profit taking from the previous week less volatility this week and strong earnings out of these big tech names this past week. So eight out of the 10 were positive, but let's take a look at the number uh, top three. Coming in, he was uh, ranked first last week, but coming in third this week with an extraordinary rate of return of 43.43% would be the commissioner. So well done, uh, well done to the commissioner. The commissioner had some big gains in the portfolio. Only two companies that the commissioner picked actually went negative. Um, they did report this past week, one that I said to keep an eye on, whether good or bad, would be Electronic Arts, EA. Um, that was the maker of those, uh, <laughs> those John Madden games, uh, John Madden football. They don't make the mad, uh, maybe, excuse me. They do make the mad football, but anyways, that one's made by EA sports. Interestingly enough, I believe EA is releasing college football games. Again, I think they took a break from that one for quite some time, a lot of controversy with college athletes and getting paid and use their likeness. So anyways, EA is, I believe releasing, um, college football now. Uh, moving forward for its gaming consoles or its uh, video games. And that was the one that really drug down the commissioner was Electronic Arts. Um, and, and team number four was Dollar General, negligible loss of 0.41. But needless to say, when you put it all together, 43.43% um, is, is an extraordinary return for the week. So well done, commissioner. Coming in second, uh, yours truly, Wendy, uh, representing. I took my own advice and, and got into Sony, as I had said. 19.5% gain by Sony. Uh, number three, uh, my team three was Las Vegas Sands. Las Vegas Sands had an extraordinary uh, week, up 13.41%. Uh, they reported two weeks ago, so I think this was some, some built up 
uh, some pent up demand. You know, things are opening back up. Maybe the casinos are opening back up and uh, that's gonna be uh, proven to be fruitious for uh, Las Vegas Sands. Uh, Freeport McLaren had a nice gain. They were up out of basic materials up 12.08%. So when you put it all together, um, Wandy had 52.28% um, for the week. So very strong portfolio performance for Wandy. Um, and it was back and forth as I was watching it uh, on Friday. Um, Wandy was, was uh, in first in, during the last hour of trading from three o'clock to four o'clock, but uh, making a, a final surge in, in, I believe the last hour, maybe even the last 20 minutes of trading there was my niece, Jordan Lavelle. Give it up for Jordan Lavelle. Uh, first timer to the stock showdown and, and taking down first place. So congrats to Jordan Lavelle. She had 52.95% rate of return for the week. Um, she got into Sony, 19.57, uh, as I had said. Another one that had a huge move, and this was the, the second biggest mover of the week, was Shopify. Shopify coming out of technology, 16.43%. Uh, the one that really held back Jordan, which you know didn't matter because she still came in first, but uh, across the portfolio, her, her only loss was team three, which was GlaxoSmithKline coming out of healthcare, which pulled back 6.15%. Everything else was, was extraordinary for the week. So good picking coming out of uh, Jordan Lavelle. Um, Jordan Lavelle uh, has some siblings. Hopefully she can talk those siblings. I believe there are f uh, four, four of those siblings. There's a family of five there. Uh, talk those siblings into getting involved for the week six showdown, proving that, uh, you know, anybody can win. Um, you gotta have the knowledge as, as my niece does. Hopefully that knowledge was given um, under the toolage of her, of her wonderful parents, Bob and Lisa. Maybe we'll get them involved for week six too. Jordan can talk them into it. Um, stay tuned. But uh, that's a wrap on week five and uh, the results from week five. So congrats to the top three, the commissioner, Wandy, and uh, my niece, Jordan Lavelle. Hopefully we'll see you all back for week six. But uh, that's a wrap on week five. It's been a pleasure chatting with you guys this morning. Uh, if you have any comments, please put them, you know, direct message me in Facebook, um, available on Twitter as well. That's stock hyphen showdown. Dot com on the website can be found on Facebook can be found on Twitter. We have the YouTube channel as well. Follow us on the podcasts through Spotify, Apple podcasts and Google podcasts. I'm always looking to try and make things better with the website and give you the users a, a, a great experience. That's what I'm here for. I'm trying to make this as, as entertaining and educational as possible to get individuals just as excited about competitive sports and fantasy sports as uh, to the stock market. So to bring, you know, try to combine those two into one uh, wonderful experience for all of my users. So we're going to get into the week six showdown tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. We're going to delve deep, you know, delve deep into the companies involved with week six and what to look for for the week ahead. So it's been a beautiful morning for all of you. Look forward to seeing you guys and all tomorrow when we go live for our next podcast. God bless you. God bless America.